Welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the astral curious, and I'm your host for this podcast series. If you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 120 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on astrology. My goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. Okay, let's get into today's episode. So today we're talking about magical timing with astrology, and my special guest is none other than Madam Pamita. Welcome, Madam Pamita. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. This is such a great, fun topic and something that I don't get to talk about as much as I'd like, so I'm excited to jump into it. This is going to be amazing. Well, I think it's a great topic because, um, you know, a lot of my listeners love magic and of course they love astrology too. And you've got a new book coming out on candle magic, you know, and before we start talking um, about the astrological timing or, you know, for magic, maybe you might want to explain in case there's somebody listening who doesn't know what we're talking about when we're talking about magic. What is magic? How does it work? Well, magic is what I call working energetically to shift or change things to your will. So it's when you have a situation that let's say, you know, I think about sort of practical things, but it can be high level spiritual things, but you know, most people are worried about practical matters. I want to be safe. I want to be protected. I want to be healthy. I want to be, um, have abundance. I want to have, um, prosperity. I want to have love in my life. These are the usual typical things that people do spells about. In fact, historically people have done spells for all of these things. And so, um, what we're doing when we're working magically is we are focusing our intention in a direction and using our will to achieve what it is that we want. And then we can bring in, so I will say this, an adept magician can do magic purely with their focused thought. But a lot of times our thoughts waver. We don't get super focused. We can say, I want that prosperity, but oh my gosh, I feel so broke right now, right? So we can put our attention toward it, but also pull our attention away from it by focusing on lack, for example. So um, that's where spells come in. That's where um, all these things that we can do magically come in. They're there as support to support and focus our intention. So in my example, my book is the book of candle magic. So it really focuses on one facet of magic, which is candle magic. And it tells you how to use these accessories and tools to support your intention, even if your intention is wobbly. So that's what I, in a nutshell, I mean, we could talk talk the whole time about magic, but I'm trying to get a succinct uh, definition for you. And that's about as succinct as I can get. And that's a really clear, in my opinion, that's a very clear description of magic. And, uh, you know, uh, for people, for layman's terms, you uh, certainly gave them the gist of it. And I am a big fan of candle magic, but I'm also a big fan of accessories. You know, I always say, <laughs> my gods have all kinds of accessories. I'm into it. So I think it's it's a lot of fun to play with magical things. Um, and also they do work. They create that focal point. So now let's let's shift gears and start talking about the astrological timing. So what are some of the astrological things you need to pay attention to when you're casting a spell? 
Well, um, you can certainly do a spell without astrological, knowing anything about astrology or even using astrological timings or using timings at all. So my, my first caveat is to say, if you need a spell now, right this minute for something right this minute, do it right this minute. Don't wait until the stars are aligned and you know it's the right phase of the moon and all of that stuff. You can do it right now. But if it is something that you have the luxury of bringing a timing in or in particular an astrological timing in, if you can do that, it can enhance and support your spell work. Energetically, it can support your spell work. So I say it's like pushing a rock. Mm-hmm. Can you push a rock up a hill? Sure. Is it easier to push a rock down a hill? Definitely. And when you bring in these timings, you're you're tilting the skate landscape so that it favors you. So when you work with a favorable timing, you're enhancing and supporting what it is that you want. It's the same thing when people do things like, um, oh, I want to plan my wedding, but I'm going to pick an auspicious astrological time for my wedding, right? You want your marriage to be a good marriage. And if you are a person that is into astrology, you're going to use that knowledge to support your marriage. It's the same, same thing. Exactly the same thing. So um, I can talk to you about the different timings and things that um, I teach and things that are in my book for sure. Um, I have a whole section about timings and we go into astrological timings and we can talk about that. But I think that in general... Does that answer the question? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, that answers the question. Uh, I, I think that also that astrological time timing is important. I do everything by the planets. And there are times, like you said, where you can't really control life. You know, like you break a leg during a Mercury retrograde and you need a surgery. Well, people say not to do a surgery during a Mercury retrograde, but sometimes, you know what, uh, time is the essence. We don't have a choice. So we just got to do with what we have. So I think that's a really great point that you made. Um, let's talk about retrogrades, though, since I mentioned it. Do retrogrades, can they impact spell work? And if so, how? Well, I think with all astrological, even challenging astrological aspects, um, we can look at them and utilize them in their very best ways, right? So with, you know, there's been a, we were talking about this, you and I were talking about this the other day, uh, how there's a trend in the last 10 years or so where people are like, Mercury retrograde, oh my gosh, chicken little, the sky is falling. And you so astutely pointed out, that's really kind of an internet thing. Before the internet, Mm -hmm. before people started talking about spiritual things on the internet so much, Mercury retrogrades weren't a big deal. You 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 knew you weren't going to you know start a business, like sign a business contract, or right. start a new project during a metro- Mercury retrograde, and you were going to take some extra time, as you so uh, um, aptly said. You don't need to be rushing into anything during Mercury retrograde. But I look at like retrogrades as times of doing any of those actions that begin with re, re, yeah, revisit, revise, re, reinstitute, re re-landscape. I mean, whatever you want to do that's fixing something, which which that um, prefix re means to go back to, that's a perfect time for doing uh, magical work during a retrograde. So you can actually, instead of avoiding doing magic during a retrograde because you are um, afraid that it's not going to work, you can actually use the retrograde to your benefit. Maybe you want to go back to heal an old relationship a retrograde is a great, a Venus retrograde would be a great time for that. Or maybe you need to go, you need to revise your book. Then go do that during a Mercury retrograde. It's a great time to go back and fix something. So 
I don't ever see an aspect as like star crossed necessarily, though I suppose there can be, but I look at like, okay, well, it's not good for this, but what can I use it for Mm. that would be good? You know? So that's the same thing with moon phases. If we talk about moon phases, you know, people go, well, I only want to do it during a waxing moon. I don't want to do my spell during a waning moon. I'm like, why not? A waning moon phase is a great time to do work to heal things, clean things, cleanse things, get rid of things, banish things. That's a perfect time for doing that, you know? So, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about moon cycles. So, uh, yeah, and the new moon cycle, you know, I set intentions every new moon. That is when I sit down and I always write down my intentions. I've been doing that for many years. And it's always amazing to go back and look at my journals and see how many things have uh, worked out because of, you know, the intentions I was setting. So, you know, what are other things that people could do during a new moon cycle or a waxing moon? Well, uh, in witchcraft in particular, which I, I don't think of witchcraft being necessarily Wicca. Wicca is very much infused with witchcraft, but there's witchcraft in all faiths. I mean, if you look at any religious path, you find Catholic witches, you find Mm -hmm. Jewish witches, you know, there's people that follow different faiths and, and practice within their faith. So witchcraft I see as this kind of all encompassing thing, but in witches in general, people who are, um, uh, going to be, you know, all, and there's all kinds of different kinds of witches. So we can't really, you know, generalize too much, but there's a lot of attunement to the moon and working with the cycles of the moon, the Sabbaths and the Esbats, for example, the Esbats are working with those moon cycles. So, um, in the moon cycle, there's to simplify it. I do talk about moon cycles and how you can work with them. And, um, one of them is to think about the new moon as your time of beginning, because that's the beginning of the waxing phase of the moon. So you're going to do any kind of work during that time to bring in something, to increase something, to uh, enhance something or expand on something or start something new. It's a great time for doing that work. We also see the new moon as a time for um, bring, doing personal work. So this isn't necessarily a group um, a group circle or group thing. Mm. It's more your personal time. You think of it as like the little seed that you're planting and that you're going to water that seed over the next two weeks to sprout into this beautiful flower, which is the the full moon. The full moon, we look at as that um, culmination of the new moon. So we've had that expansion of the full moon and the the full moon is a time that witches get together and celebrate in, in union, you know, in, in covens and get together. The full moon being that time of more communal work, it, it's the celebration. It's the um, kind of like, you, you did it. Good job. That's what you put energy that you put into the full moon. It's, the full moon is also the beginning of the time of cleanup because we have the waning moon after that. The moon's getting smaller, appearing smaller and smaller after that. So you would do, okay, we did it. Yay, we did it. Now, what is it that we want to clear out to prepare for the next new moon? So an, a great example of that is if we talk about prosperity or financial spells or, or money spells, you would do during that cycle between after the full moon, you would do your work to clean up poverty or poverty thinking, or um, you would remove the blocks to your prosperity. Those are the kinds of spells that you would do during that time. And then when the new moon came around again, 
you could do your prosperity spell on a clean slate. You've removed all blocks. You've removed the hindrances. You've removed the poverty consciousness or whatever it is. So yeah, that's a beautiful way to work in that cycle of the moon over and over and over again. And so I, I call that a complete moon spell when you do the cleanup first and then you, then you lay down your um, beautiful spell on the new moon. So, well, you know, farmers, uh, Farmers had their almanacs and and they followed the moons very carefully. They knew when to fish, when to plant seeds, when to weed the garden. You know, and I grew up with farm folks, so I apply those principles to my business actually, and it it works pretty amazing. Now, this is something I want to ask you though. I want your opinion. What about eclipses? Now, I've heard from astrologers that I respect that you should not be doing any magical workings or intention setting around an eclipse. So, what are your thoughts on that? Well, eclipse, eclipses to me, I think everyone has their personal meaning. And I tend to look at advantageous aspects of everything. That's just my, I'm kind of bright, bright-sided and I, and I tend to look at things positively. So when I work with eclipses, I do do work with eclipses. And I look at eclipses as a time of bringing deep secrets up to the surface. So those, those can be actually shocking, like you might have shocks during an eclipse season because you might be like, I didn't, I, I, this has been revealed to me how corrupt the system is, for example. Um, but I also think of like, well, what is it that you want to bring to the surface? You can work with that eclipse to bring it up. So bringing secrets to the surface or exposing things, because it's not just the covering of the sun. Let's talk about a solar eclipse. It's not just the covering of the sun. The sun is then revealed. It's almost like a reset button. That eclipse can be used magically as a reset. It can be used to bring up things that need to be brought up to be healed or to be exposed. You can do internal work. You can do external work. But it has it has a kind of, you know, to go to a tarot metaphor, a shocking energy. But of like the tower, but that energy is necessary for us to build new structures. We cannot fix something if we don't know that the disease is there. We cannot heal if we don't know that the disease is there. So let's have those things be revealed and let's work with them to to um, either bring them to the surface so that we can enhance them or bring them to the surface so that we can clear them. So I I don't have problems with working with, I get eclipse water when we had our, our solar eclipse, our partial solar eclipse here a couple of years ago, I made eclipse water because mm-hmm. I wanted to use it for that change, for that, okay, we need to have a hard reset. And that's what I use that for. And also for bringing up stuff, you know, to mm-hmm. expose stuff so that we can work with it in whatever way. Well, you know, I found for myself that I was born near an eclipse. So oftentimes eclipses tend to be pretty lucky for me. I don't have a problem working with them either. Yeah, and I think it's everybody's prerogative, whether they want to work with something or they don't want to work with something. It's like, if you don't, you know, I'm not saying to someone that has a bad feeling about an eclipse that they're wrong. No, by no means am I saying that. If you don't want to work with an eclipse, don't work with an eclipse. If you want to work with an eclipse, work with an eclipse. The reason I got, the reason I'm a witch is because I don't want, there to be somebody on high telling me the rules. I get to make the rules for myself. <laughs> That's the whole point. Otherwise, go join a go organized religion, you know? Right on. So, yeah. so, you know, now obviously you've got a new book coming out and there's a section on magical astrology. Can you tell us a little bit about your book? 
Yeah. So the book of candle magic is, I'm so excited for this book to come out. I'm very, very excited. It, it, the release date is October 8th, um, 2020. So if you're listening to this in sometime in the future, you'll know that it's out already. Um, the book is going to be, um, well, it's done. I mean, obviously it's done and it's going to be in my hands very shortly, but um, the book is going is a book that doesn't exist out there. So when I write a book, I write books not to do the same thing as someone else, but because I feel a frustration that what I want to be out there isn't out there. <laughs> so, so when I wrote this book, um, I had spent, of course, many, many decades doing candle magic and looking at candle magic books and kind of being like, yeah, okay, this is a recipe book showing me how to do this spell for um, bringing in uh, a new job or bringing in a lover. But it's Mm -hmm. not explaining to me why we're doing that. Mm -hmm. It's not explaining to me why are we using this candle color? Why are we doing it on this day of the week or this cycle of the moon? So I wanted there to be a book out there that would break it down. Yes, there are a few recipes in there, not many, a couple examples. But basically, this is a book that tells you all the ways that you can, the hows and whys, the mechanics, the engineering behind spells, so that you can create your own spell from scratch that's going to be perfectly attuned to exactly what it is that you want. So rather than going into, which I love Buckland's book, Buckland's book of candle burning is a great book. It's been around for a million years, but it's a recipe book. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you a chef. It makes you a cook that follows a recipe at home. You know, the difference between somebody that follows a recipe and a real chef, a real chef goes in the kitchen, look what, looks at what's in the fridge, pulls a few things, grabs a handful of this, a pinch of that, puts it on the stove. They don't measure things. They know that this and this and this will go well together. And these are the techniques. And that's what this book was designed to do, to turn everyone into a candle magic expert so that they could create their own spells and not be tied to just following a recipe mindlessly and not knowing why they're doing these things. So what the book does is it breaks down all the components that can go into a spell. Now you can do a spell and I start with the very simplest one. So don't feel like if, oh my God, I don't know if all these things are going to be a little overwhelming. There's a, there's a, you know, beginning level where you're just taking a candle, putting an intention behind it and lighting it. And I start there and then we build on it. So we talk about color magic. We talk about working with herbs and oils. We talk about numerology. And of course, we're going to talk about the timing of spells. When do you start your spells? And there are lots of different timing systems. You can use all of them if you want to, but you don't have to. You can pick and choose what you feel more aligned to. Some people might feel more aligned to working with days of the week and working in that way. Another person might want to work with moon cycles. Another person who's really into astrology, probably like your listeners to the podcast, are going to want to work with planetary hours or working with... um, uh, you know, working with the astrology of the time, either the, you know, the planets or the sun or the moon or, or both. So there's lots and lots of ways that you can sort of build the customization of your spell and you can go as complex or as simple as you want. There's no, there's no right way or wrong way. It's just what is right for you, but this gives you a resource for all the options. So you can go, gosh, I want to make this spell about da, 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 da. what are the things that I can add? And you can look in this book and go, oh, okay, I could add this color. I could do this many candles. I could do it over this many days. I could do it started on this date and you can, and so on. So you can start to 
sort of map out and plan your spells. And that's what this book is so, so good for. So I yeah. love it. And I've already been able to look at the book so I can tell people it's an amazing book. It's a great resource. And I do love that you do include that astrology info in there because not many books do. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So there's lots of ways. I mean, if we want to talk about the astrology in working with a candle spell, I mean, there's, there's tons and tons and tons of ways. Um, I think that one of the easiest and probably the one that I use most is looking at the sign that the moon is in. Yes. Moon, moon is very magical. Moon also changes signs every few days. So you don't have to wait super long. It's not like the sun where you're going to have to wait. Let's say, you know, we're in Virgo season right now when we're talking, oh my gosh, I want to do a spell for fame. Am I going to have to wait till the sun's in Leo again, a whole year? No, you can work with when the moon is in Leo. So that can, like it was for us yesterday. I don't know if it is still today, but still say. yesterday. <laughs> So these are these are the things that you can use. And I think that is a very, very easy, very simple way. There's lots of calendars online and apps that tell you what sign the moon is in. And so it's easy and you don't have to wait too long if you want to use utilize that power. Um, there's also, of course, the phases of the moon that you can use, which we just, we talked about. Um, there's also um, something called planetary hours, which is a system um, back from ancient Greece of putting um, each hour of the day, having a certain planet that it's associated with. So you can start your spell at a certain hour of the day to tap into that. It used to be that you had to compute it and it was super weird and hard, but now there's apps for the planetary hours. So you don't have to do math anymore, (laughs) which is great. Um, So there's lots and lots of ways. And of course, you can start to think about other, if you're very into astrology, you can start to think about other aspects. I mean, do we have um, retrogrades? Are we working with a retrograde or are we working with um, Venus and what sign is Venus in right now? And, and we're doing our love spell and what can we enhance? So sometimes you can do a couple of things, you know, when you know you need to start your spell on a certain day, you can look at the astrology of that day and say, okay, well, look, I've got, you know, what I'll, I'll ask you, am I going to put you on the spot? If I ask you what sign is Venus in right now? Do you know? Off the top uh, Venus, off the top of my head, my brain is fried. But let me see. <laughs> okay. Let Let's, me look. We'll <laughs> oh, Venus, it's in Leo. It's in Leo. Oh, wow. So we got a ton of Leo energy right now. So mm-hmm. here's an example. I like to sometimes, yes, you can plan ahead and go, okay, I'm going to wait till Venus is in Leo and I'm going to do my spell. Mm-hmm. Or you can go, let's see, I want to start my spell this Friday. Let's see where Venus is. Let's my love spell. I'm going to start my love spell on a Friday, right? Let's see where Venus is. Let's see where the moon is. Let's see where the sun is. So we've got um, all this energy that if you're an astrologically inclined person, that you can say like, oh, okay, so this is a Le- Venus, Venus is in Leo and the moon's in Leo. Huh, I could do a spell for attraction, for being magnetic and for for finding a, a new lover that's going to fall madly in love with me, but I'm going to be seen by people, right? We're going to use the essence of Leo to our advantage. So you can either wait for an auspicious time or look at what the time is and go, okay, now how can how can I customize my spell a little bit more to tap into the energy that's happening right now? So a couple of ways that people can can think about that for sure. Well, yeah, they can customize to be as detailed or as loose and easy as they want. And I I love that about uh, how you explain that and that you put that in your book. So 
you know, it, it's not one size, one spell size fits all. Uh, and the same with astrology, it's not one planet fits all, not one transit fits all, and we can customize. And I think that also makes the spell more powerful. For sure, 100%. And I think it's, it's the two sort of schools of thought, which is that you can wait for something to happen, which you can, you know, if you want to wait till the Leo sun, you can wait a year for that Leo sun to come around. Or if you want to just take what you got and work it in the way that you want to work it and use it to your advantage, I think it's amazing. It's great. So yeah, it's it's such a fun way to work. It's such a beautiful way to work. And it can be super simple, like working with, you know, the moon, just working with the phases of the moon, super Mm -hmm. easy. Um, you can make it a little more complex by getting into the astrological, you know, aspects of the moon. Um, or you can look at all kinds of other planets and see where they are and pick auspicious days if you're really um, into astrology and really want to um, work it in that way. So it's such a fascinating thing. Love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom. And where can people find you, Madam Pamita, if they want to work with you or learn more about your book and the other things you're up to? Well, um, the, my, my website is Parlor of Wonders, but it's Parlor spelled P-A-R-L-O-U-R because we're very fancy here at the Parlor of Wonders. We spell it the British way. So parlorwonders.com is my website. That's where they can find me. Um, I do readings and uh, I sell candles, of course, and lots and lots and lots of free uh, information, lots of ed- free educational information, videos, articles, all kinds of things. You just look under learn and you'll find a ton of free info. Um, the, I, they also can find me on YouTube. I've got a ton of YouTube. I got a YouTube channel. I've got a podcast called magic and the law of attraction. Um, they can find me on Instagram. I'm on all the places and you can look under Madam Pamita for all of those places and you can find me. And, um, the book is available everywhere. So it can be of course ordered on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Indie Bound, Um, But I'm encouraging people to call up their local bookstore or their local Mm -hmm. metaphysical shop and pre-order or order it from there because it does a lot of good. So if you want to take an extra minute, you know, I know Amazon is so easy. You just go push one button and you're done. But if you want to really do good with your money, um, ordering from these smaller shops does a lot of good. I think of like the karma of how you, that small little choice can benefit so, so many people. So you, when you order from your small mom and pop shop, you are keeping them in business so that there's places for Teresa and I to come to your town and do an in-store or teach a class or something like that once right. we get back to that. Um, you also alert the uh, store to the book. So when they order for you, they'll probably order one for the shop as well. So you're doubling the benefit for the book to, for the book to do well. And um, it puts me on their radar. So that can be very beneficial for me to come over to that shop to do something later on or something like that. So there's quite a profound positive effects that you can do by just taking that little extra minute to um, call or email your local store and order it from them and do a pickup or, or have them ship it to you or whatever. It's a little more effort, but it has an amazing, amazing beneficial value. And I don't think Jeff Bezos will miss the $18 that you would be spending. (laughs) I think his billions are going to keep him warm at night. He's not worrying about that. (laughs) He'll be sleeping on a cash uh, blanket. So yeah. (laughs) And also uh, for the for the stores right now, because of COVID, if people are listening to this at this time, a lot of the small stores really depend on your business to keep going. So uh, this is a way for us to do our part. 
Oh, Madam Pamita, this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. And people, that is all for today's episode. And if you're enjoying the show, I would love it if you would take a moment, get over to iTunes and leave a positive review because that helps new listeners discover this show. And of course, I appreciate it. And I want to remind you to head on over to my website, thetarolady.com, for more fun stuff. You're going to find tons of resources about tarot and astrology, including my free monthly forecasts and horoscopes and so much more. And again, that's thetarolady.com. I'll see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, well, you can change that course. You're the boss and you've got that power. Be kind to yourself and others and make smart decisions. I'll see you in the next episode.